We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are here. We are here. Welcome to the show. It is Friday Rapid Fire, Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We, uh, oh man, we were, we were, um, like a lot of others, I think, who are just joining us right now, watching over on, uh, on the afternoon show with uh, Brian and Vince, as ND Football Nerd says, the game is in overtime. Wicked Bronco Productions is extending the replay. I know. I, I, I just threw up in the chat. I didn't throw up in the chat over there, but I put in the chat, hey, Wicked Bronco, just bring your super chats this way so we can get going. <laughs> uh, and yes, USMA87, I, I'm, I'm assuming he finally saw the clock. It was like the, uh, it was like the super, it was like the, uh, the chat version of a filibuster. Wicked Bronco just kept throwing. Really though, that's, super that's chat. a good analogy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and Vince must be stretching his legs or doing something else right now after uh, after partaking in that. But uh, how are you doing there, Cleveland, Jesse? I'm doing good. It's Friday and I'm getting ready to go to a game uh, here in a little bit. Meet up with a bunch of friends. It's a really nice evening. So I can't complain. It's it's the weekend. It's been a long week and just ready to hang out and do nothing. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you are. And uh, I see our buddy jumping in right now. Hey, Vince finishes up on one side, and there he is popping in on the other. How What's you doing, up, buddy? fellas? <laughs> but I, you know, just, every marathon. time, every time I would, I would, you know, like I knew the show was going to be going a little bit, and <laughs> you know, I so I log in, I'm watching, and I see two super chats in the queue, and I'm like, okay, hopefully we can get through these super chats. And the next thing you know, there's Wicked Bronco with another super chat he's throwing. I was just, I just made the analogy. Wicked Bronco was you using super chats like a filibuster. Yes, like you can't end as long as you keep throwing super chats up there. Finally, Brian just ignored the last one. He's like, we got to go. Like this, it and it was. I mean, he got Brian fired up. There's no doubt about that. I mean. I know. Fellas, it was the most ridiculous conversation I've ever been a part of because there was just no changing either opinion. And so it was just a lot of this. But like, you know, if the if if Notre Dame stopped playing the Big Ten right now and they never played the Big Ten ever again, 
they could still put together a, a, a plenty good schedule, folks. Sorry. Now, that's right. And that's that's I'm that was the, that was the conversation basically right. on the other side for anyone yes. who wasn't there oh. or joining in here. Um, let me just get the official disclaimer out yes. of the way, and then we'll just jump right into the Let's fire go. and kind of continue the conversation that was going there. You know, in the you know, I hope folks aren't too tired of it, but it is obviously the story of the day with everything that's going on. But this is going to be the final rapid fire show that we're going to have until after you know Friday rapid fire show that we're going to have until after the football season ends. We're going to be transitioning here into our countdown to kickoff pregame show in a couple of weeks when the season begins. So, uh, of course, we'll have countdown to kickoff again throughout the season. This show basically came about after the season ended and we had no more countdown to kickoff. So I said, hey, Brian, what if we did like a Friday? We'll just do it rapid fire, kind of change it up a little bit. He's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've continued it. And so now... We won't have this live show. So we won't have to worry about, you know, the uh, the afternoon show, the big show, going into overtime anymore. That's true. Because we're just recording. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're gonna be you're gonna be in school yes. here coming up in a week or two anyway. Uh, so. I will be in school uh, back on to Tuesday, work maybe on Tuesday. So I it, I'm I'm done with that. Was my last afternoon show for quite some time. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Alex says, uh, happy National Beer Day, boys. I did really? not know. Is today really National Beer Day? I, I hadn't heard that. You got me. I have no I idea. I look great. <laughs> yeah. Can live with that. He's going to go crack one open. Yep. Restrain yourself, Jesse. Oh, I'm, go I'm definitely having some tonight. <laughs> He's going to the guards game. So well, let's just of jump course. into it. Fill it. Jesse, you can continue finding that. Fill in the blank. The news that Oregon and Washington are headed to the Big Ten, Vince, I'll let you start us off, is blank. <sighs> Disappointing, but not surprising. How about that? I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the The fact that the Big Ten is swooping up West Coast teams is so stupid. It is. It just furthers the – it just furthers the argument that nobody gives a crap about anything else except for football – and it, it makes no difference about any of the other sports or, God forbid, any of the academics or any of that. It's 100% a money grab. It's 100% the boat was filling in the Pac-12 with water, and they're jumping ship. And so they're taking the big paycheck, and they're going to the Big Ten. It makes zero reasonable sense except for the dollars that are on the checks that they're going to get. Other than that, well, they don't care. From what, from what I understand, because of the fact that the current TV deals are signed, Oregon and Washington are actually going to take potentially 50% less of that TV revenue than the rest of the current it's schools even the Big Ten are getting. I mean, it's still going to be more than what they'd get in the Pac-12, but it's they're going, you know, it's they're still going to be getting considerably less, apparently, you <laughs> know, and then eventually it'll ramp up, I guess, at, at some point, but they're not even going to be getting you know what these other schools, you know, Big Ten schools are getting when they jump their feet in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're, they're not even getting the big money. They're getting more than Apple TV can give them. Okay, I get right. that. But, like, just the complete uh, the complete ignoring of anything else except for football is just mind-boggling to me. Just mind-boggling. Right. I don't get it. I'm going to say that Oregon and Washington leaving is the final dagger to the Pac-12's heart. I, I think that it's ultimately going to be – the sword that crumbles the rest of the empire. I don't know how the Big 12 remains with the 17 or sorry, Big 12. Seven. Pac 12 remains Pac-12. with the remaining it, really it's the Pac 7 right now with Utah, Oregon State, Arizona State, Cal, Stanford, um Washington State and Arizona left and some of those other schools have already been in talks about, you know, leaving to the Big 12. So right. I I just the, it's it's going to be the Pac nothing I think here soon unless they go out and start absorbing some of these other teams out on the West coast. But then dude, like you talked about, and I kind of said yesterday, it just, I don't like it. I don't like that. These like the, the, the formation of these mega conferences, um, it, it doesn't really give a breakdown of the college football landscape. It's just lumping kind of everyone together. And then at that point, I mean, the only real reason that we have conferences is because, of the financial security that it provides to a lot of these, you know, universities and institutions. And that's literally all it's coming down to, unfortunately, is, you know, the Big Ten has enough money just to keep kind of throwing it at people. um, And it's enough to lure them away. And it's it's not enjoyable to me um, for what's coming as a fan, the landscape as a fan. I I just don't like the fact that, again, that it just feels like it's going to be these two or three big mega conferences by the time it's all said and done. And I realize that none of this has anything to do with actual competitive balance and what happens on the field. Because as we've no. said all along, it's it's about greed and it's about oh, the dollar signs. Embarrassing. Obviously, just like, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, they're not going to have better chance to win championships when they go to the SEC. They're just no. going to they're just just going to have deeper pocketbooks right. is what it's all going to come down to. But like but at least they're in the general like vicinity of the other schools like right like geographically (laughs) at least it makes a little bit more sense for them and but like oregon and washington if they stayed put one i think that it it potentially keeps arizona from also 
joining the Big 12. And as of right now, we don't have that official yet. But the the you know the invitation has apparently sure. been extended, and Arizona's ready. But you know, like if Oregon and Washington stay, I think the Pac-12 has at least got a chance to stay around. And even more importantly for Oregon and Washington specifically with their football programs, they've got a chance to roll the roost for a while. Those two in Utah are the three best programs remaining in the Pac-12 if they had stayed. And like they've got with a 12-team format, they would have had a chance to be in the college football playoff fairly regularly. Sometimes probably, you know, at least two of those three in there. But as it is now, they're going to go to the Big Ten. And they're going to be just like, you know, they're just going to get swallowed up like everybody else. You know, you're you're, oh, you're yeah. probably hoping for second place on a consistent basis by joining the Big Ten with all these other schools. You know, UCLA and USC, obviously, with Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. Like, <laughs> what if the Big Ten now has four divisions, north, south, east, west, and it's like. And then you have like a final four of who gets to play each other. And then the winners of that play each other. It's like they'd have their own kind of tournament within the big 10. And I I was, I was talking earlier before the show, like what does this do to the, you know, the expanded playoff? Does the PAC 12 still get an invite with only seven teams, maybe five teams after this? Like does the big 10 now get two teams instead of one, because it's technically two conferences in one, like, well, I it's feel like still, this, there's, there's a lot like, of stuff uh, impact that this can have. Well, there's no guarantee. You, I mean, there's no guarantee you get in as a conference champion. I don't. believe. It's the highest ranked. It's conference the highest champions. You it's you the, have to be a conference champion to be to get a buy. I believe was the well, rule, right? But there's only four buys. But yeah, but right. it's still the so one of the conference champions is going to be out of the buy, right? Right. But I'm saying the automatic qualifiers are still. I think it's the top six. Uh, conference champions and okay. then you know then six at large bids basically okay. after gotcha. that so gotcha so whatever conference kind of hangs around I mean, or, you shoot, know like the mountain west might be a more powerful conference than the pack to pack seven when it's right. all said and done pack seven might be uh aced out of this thing you know yeah. that's exactly right and it's you know so again you know they're doing it for the dollars but they're not even going to make that I guess they're going to make probably somewhere Oregon and Washington I'm talking about will make somewhere around double what that Apple TV deal would have been. But at the same time, it's still going to be about half of what everybody else is making for the immediate future. So it's it's so obvious that it's about money, Sean, in that, you know, again, from the competitive balance, they're not giving themselves an uh, an edge by going there from an from a you know a competitive situation and from a just from a political situation as far as like who's going to have the most say in your conference USC UCLA they'll never ever have more say than Michigan and USC in the Big 10 ever so you're not gaining anything you you were the you were the big dog of the Pac-12 and now you're definitely not that in the Big Ten. So you've lost clout by going to the Big Ten. Right. You've completely ignored all the other sports besides football by going to the Big Ten. I mean, it's there's zero reason for them to go except for the money. Except for the It's just – it's embarrassing is yeah. what it is. Chi-Town says it's absolutely ridiculous how the athletic departments say they care about women's sports, but it moves like, the, moves like this that show how much of a lie that is. I yeah. mean – 
hundred percent, Shy Town. I completely agree with you. It's women's sports and any sport that a man plays that's not basketball or football. Right. You know what I mean? Those are the ones that don't matter now. Right. So it can be because you're telling me that now Washington is going to have to travel to Rutgers on a Tuesday night to play a soccer game or something. You know what I mean? It's just like, what are we doing? It's just ridiculous. That's insane to think about, actually, Vince. It's like because we we have the privilege of football only playing once a week. And so, like, yeah, Thursday, Friday is more That's exactly it. But when you got to play, you know, random soccer games or baseball games, you know, day games, whatever it might be, weekday games, it's like, how is that? Yeah, like you're going to leave and then have to, you know, it's kind of crazy. They kind of need to have – you need to have, like, travel partners. You know, some of it, like – when my sister was still playing in the big eight before it became the big 12, they had travel partners. So like you would, you know, like Kansas and Kansas state, for example, you know, would, would be travel partners and like, they would both go to the Oklahoma schools, for example. So like you would have proximity. So the, you know, like you do that, like on a Thursday, Sunday or something, you know, so that the distance wasn't like when you've got these remote, you know, remote schools out West, that's, that's essentially what everyone is going to have to do. It's like, if you're going to go to Los Angeles, you might as well play both schools while you're out there. Then, you know, have all this back and forth, especially, you know, again, for the minor sports or, you know, Olympic sports, whatever you want to call them. Right. Especially. Well, and and, you know, I I said this on the last show, it's like, you know, the the other thing that was cool about the conferences is, you know, the PAC 12 had like sand volleyball as one of their sports. Yeah. I don't think Penn State or Rutgers or any of those, you know, Michigan State, they're picking up sand volleyball anytime soon. So those sports are going to go by the wayside, right? And or just to some of the some of the Big Twelve schools have like rodeo. I, I don't see that being the case with some of these expanded yeah. conferences. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. some of the nice nuances that they had because they were regional conferences are completely gone. Completely now. gone. Although doesn't IPFW have sand volleyball now? Or I don't something? know. Maybe like they do. Men's volleyball. I don't, I don't even know. They're gonna be. Hey, breaking news! IPFW goes to the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It can happen. What <laughs> else is? Michael asks, if you were the Pac-12 commissioner, would you reach out to NDSU, SDSU, and the WAC schools? Now, NDSU, I'm, I'm assuming you mean North Dakota State. Yeah. Yeah. I North mean, Dakota they would have to South transition. Dakota. They would have to transition up. Now SDSU, I thought he was talking about San Diego State. I mean, oh, basically, you're you're. I think you're like if you're the Pac-12 and you're trying to manage to keep something together and potentially add San Diego State, Fresno State, Boise State are all right there, you know, relatively in your neighborhood. But you know, the problem, like, and I, I suppose for them it's going to be worthwhile. But the other side of that is, is Apple even going to still give you twenty million bucks a year? Right. If, if those are the teams that are in your conference now with, with Oregon and Washington. Cause those aren't, those aren't big markets. Like you're not, you know, I, and I realize Apple TV is a, is a streaming service. And so maybe you don't care about the big markets. I, you know, I don't know what the, what those metrics look like, but you know, that's, if you're the PAC 12 commissioner, you better do everything that you can to keep the guys, the people that you still have in your conference left, the seven schools that are still there to keep them involved. And then, then you go out and you try to expand if you want to save your conference. I mean, right. it, it's, I think it might be a losing battle at this point. Let's spin it now to Notre Dame with, with everything that's going on right now. 
how confident are you that Notre Dame's independence is safe? Because again, you know, one of the first things that, that and I know that this was part of, the, part of the the conversation you guys were having on the other show at the end was, you know, oh, it's time for Notre Dame to join up with the Big Ten now. So how how confident are you in, in Notre Dame's independence going forward as everything continues to kind of conglom? And this, you know, Brennan asked this, how does Notre Dame survive 20-plus super conferences? Well, what do you guys think? So I'm very confident Notre Dame's independence uh, is safe. And I, I, I kind of alluded to it a li- earlier. I think that conferences are – primarily derived from teams who are looking for some sort of, you know, financial security or backing. And that doesn't seem to be an overarching issue for Notre Dame at the moment. And if it does present itself, I think Notre Dame will find um, or, or pair itself with the highest paying suitor. And I really don't see that becoming an issue unless they don't get an invitation to the big party anymore, AKA, you know, the chance to win a national championship or be the, the college playoffs. So as long as they're getting that that invite, you know, remaining independent, I don't think that there's ever um, an opportunity that will present itself for them to join the conference. They, they basically set the price um, and they find the highest suitor because they know what they bring to the table. And, I mean, they almost have the presence of, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I, to scale, it's like maybe they have the, the same amount of presence as just all of these Big Ten schools or Jesse. all these Big 12 schools. I'm kind of disappointed that you don't have some kind of math, you know, like a <laughs> a formula after know, like yesterday run run out that that shows us, you know, like the strength of of Notre Dame staying <laughs> independent for the long run after yes, after all of your uh, your multipliers yesterday. <laughs> I, I've said this from the beginning of all of this conference talk, right? As long as Notre Dame has has an opportunity to win the, the national championship, and, and they do, and they do for the foreseeable future because the new contract starts next year with the with the expanded, you know, playoff, and Notre Dame has a seat at the table, and they are going to for a long time. That's number one. Number two, they have to be financially, you know, sustainable, and that has a lot to do with the TV contract. Sounds like they're going to be just fine in the TV contract arena, so between that, the ACC share, and the apparel contract that they just signed, they're fine financially. So as long as those two things stay intact. And their endowment. They have no need. They have zero need to join a conference. Now, maybe, and, and Brian brought up this point earlier, maybe Notre Dame decides they want to be in a conference. That's different than being forced into a conference. I want to be very clear about that, right? They, they may want to join the ACC just to shore up the ACC to make sure that they don't go away anytime in the near future, right? Because if Notre Dame joins the ACC, guess what? The ACC is strong as ever and they're not going anywhere, right? Because they'll have to rip up their current TV deal and, and make a new one and everybody will be happy, Florida State included, and the ACC will be just fine, right? But that's only if Notre Dame wants to do that. If Notre Dame doesn't want to join a conference, they don't have to unless I mean, something drastically changes. There's all this talk of, you know, Again, it's from outside, like Big Ten fans and ACC fans, of course, are ticked off and fans of all these other teams. Well, we need to stop scheduling Notre Dame. Just tell them we're not going to schedule them. Well, here's the problem with that. One, as we have seen, what's behind all of these moves? It is TV money. You know, that's, that's driving the whole thing. 
Notre Dame is still a very healthy TV product. That's why they've got a chance yep. at, you know, renewing their own TV contract. It's why they're the only, you know, that's why they're the independent college football program because they are the only ones that have their own TV contract for their home yep. games. And they are also a very, like it was, remember, remember as big as Georgia football is, it was a huge deal when Notre Dame went to Georgia a few years ago. They are still a very in-demand yes. program. They are in the It was a huge deal when Georgia came brand. to Notre Dame. That's right. That was a destination. Well, Georgia event. That's, that's why all the Reds showed up. up yeah. There. That's right. It was a big deal for them to be playing at Notre Dame. I, I just, I don't think it's going to be hard, you know, like from a fan standpoint, you know, I kind of get, you know, like, oh, you feel, you know, a little spurned by the whole thing. You're like, you, you, you see Notre Dame doing their own thing and it bugs you. Like everyone, oh, yeah. everyone Anakin. in the world would do their own thing if they could, but they can't. It, um, exactly. And I'm not just talking about football. I'm talking about it in any arena. Everyone Absolutely. wants to do their own thing, but you don't always get to do your own thing. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, go to work and, and do something you don't want to do because that's, you know, that's the way the world works. You still got to make a living at the end of the day. Everyone wants to do their own thing, but they don't always yep. get to do their own thing. And then you get mad at people who get to do their own thing. And that's, that's where <laughs> yep. Notre Dame is. Yep. And they're going to keep on doing their own thing because they're still in demand. What, and that's why teams and schools will continue to schedule them yep. because they are in demand. As because much as it's... they may ultimately hate Notre Dame, that's Sweet. right. They like it when Notre Dame shows up because it's all it makes about them the money. money. Still right. all about the money at the end of the day. Money making a world go round. That's you got that saying. right. You got that right. Notre Dame's not going anywhere, folks, and the haters can hate, but that's just a fact. And like I said, if Notre Dame joins a conference in the next 10 years, it's because they want to. It's not because right. they're being forced to. Right. All right. John, Notre Dame has a large enough brand, national, international appeal that should be able to still put together a schedule that gets the job done. I completely agree. I'm like, Oh, yeah. And again, I know you guys were talking about if the Big Ten says they're not going to schedule you, you know. Okay. Wave bye-bye. <laughs> I mean, there, there are still plenty of division, you know, like as long, you know, for right now, you know, USC is going to be a part of the Big Ten. Sure. What happens sure. with that? You know, like, do they stay permanent? Because you know, like, that was part of the that was part of the question, right? Was like, what if USC right. decided they they're they're coming to the Midwest all the time now? They don't want to play Notre Dame anymore. That was kind of what started that conversation. So, okay, well, yeah. It was like, Aaron okay. says ESPN just announced Utah and Arizona State have applied for formal membership okay. in the Big Twelve. So, I mean, remember, it was about a year ago this time when all these it was after the USC UCLA announcement that they were going to the big 10 you know there was talk could you see a pac-12 big 12 merger and i saw somebody else you know somebody else mentioned that yeah yeah mr 2.0 maybe the big 12 and pac-12 should just merge they had a chance to do that yeah but there was no big 10 or the big 12 went a different direction now yeah i think it was (laughs) yeah i think it was more about the pac-12 because the big 12 was in in big 12 was still in bigger trouble yes absolutely remember that but what yeah. was it, about a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago, we were having this exact same conversation about the Big 12 because Texas and Oklahoma were bailing. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, what's going to happen to the Big 12? You know what? Big 12 went on offense, and I give them a lot of credit. Right. I, I give them a lot of credit. Right. But, I mean, for now, like if you look at Notre Dame's scheduling possibilities, you know, they still have Stanford and USC – for now and like i think stanford that's going to become even more important you know considering everything else it's go they're they're going to get left out of this 
pull deal the way it's looking right now. Big time. You've got Navy and you've still got the ACC arrangement. Right. To me, like the ACC, what happens there is still the biggest thing. But like I look at Florida State and, you know, Florida State and their trustees can bark all they want. But the bottom line is if they had a true option for them to go somewhere, they'd already be in it. Absolutely. And, That's what, and yeah, they're just like, trying to call bluff. Right. And I think that like when you look at, you know, like there was all this stuff about the Big Ten earlier in the week. I I, I think that basically was just a rumor that somehow kind of grew some legs. You know, Twitter always helps that, I think. But between that and, you know, like, are they going to join the SEC? Like, one, for right now, I think the TV networks are kind of at their limit as far as what they're going to spend. Oh, you sure. start adding more teams, that means that ultimately there's going to have to be more money to go around, you know, and the conferences themselves, if Florida state and Clemson and whoever else, you know, like these magnificent seven that everyone was talking about, if they're going to get out of this grant of rights, there's going to be lawsuits. There's going to be legal stuff to go around and the conferences that they join and the networks that are attached to them become part of that. And I just, I don't think everybody wants all the legal stuff that's going to go along yep. with it either. You know? So I just think that there's, I think that there's too much, to that to, to to try to get involved with i think the acc should rather than all these teams talk about you know how they're going to leave and everything florida state can't afford to leave at this moment and, and breach, no. breach their contract and so why don't they go on the offense and try to get some of these pack five teams that are that are left you know if, it, if you're yeah. if you're trying to you know I, instead of crumbling within why don't you unify and expand and go out and get more teams to make you know the your, your things a little bit more richer, right? Like right. the Pac-12 or the Pac-5 needs to be kind of soaked up at this point. There's the Pac-5. I mean, Think that's about what it's that. Gonna be. <laughs> They're going to be the Pac-8. They started off the Pac-8, I think, didn't they? Or were they the Pacs? Like whatever. I mean, they were the eight. I think it went from eight to ten to twelve, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Man. It's but yeah, sad. it's it is sad. It, it's a hundred percent sad. But look, at the end of the day, like you guys said, Florida State's not going anywhere. The ACC is not going anywhere. Because of the grant of rights that they have. And, and that's it. That's like I said, if they had an option, if they had a true right. option, Florida State, right. they would have already been down that path. But between the, the grant ROI of rights and everything else yeah. that comes with it, the ROI and that's, is not worth it right now. And they here's, can't do it. you know, for all the, the hate that Notre Dame gets and everyone complaining about the grant of rights that the ACC has, paying them over 30 million bucks a year, if Notre Dame was not attached to that, the ACC would be even in worse shape than oh, they're in right sure. now if Notre sure. Dame wasn't attached to that deal. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's hundreds of millions of dollars for the for them to get out. It's not going to happen. Alex asks if and when the ACC folds. Where does Notre Dame basketball go? And it's obviously not just basketball, but it's the other sports. I've right. said before, you know, like one, the Big Twelve is in better shape right now than ever. Mm -hmm. I I completely think the Big Twelve would be willing to do a That'd similar be one hell of a basketball. Uh, yeah. Conference. They'd be willing to do a similar arrangement sure. to what Notre Dame oh, has yeah. with the ACC right now, and if that didn't work out, I still think the Big East would be a landing spot, you know, because you don't have to worry about the football yep. in the Big East like you do with the other conferences, and I and you've got all the Catholic schools in the Big East. I think one of those two would be an easy fallback option. Yeah, the Big Dame. East is actually a pretty solid one, to be honest. I, I like that one a lot. Now. The other sports aren't going to be quite as competitive, um, you know, but basketball would be pretty stinking competitive yeah. in the Big East. 
But I mean, let's be honest. How much does it matter at this point? It doesn't because you know, like, the ACC is not going anywhere. <laughs> the competition. Well, that's all level. Good. That's a great point because it's people just, aren't making these moves. You just got to have a place to to yeah. fill out all your yep. schedules. Good point. You know? Solid point. And I'm not, you know, saying that to dismiss any of them. It's just a matter of they don't care about competition. Are you kidding me? Right. Texas, oh, Oklahoma. That didn't. That, well, it just got worse for them. They're you know, not. They, just, you know. Look at okay. You USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington. At least you know half of those are are like solid baseball schools and softball schools, for that matter. I mean, they're going to be coming and playing cold weather games against Big Ten teams right. now. They're going to be heading to Rutgers and Maryland and you know all these different. Play, you know, for that matter, the you know the entirety of the Midwest is obviously. Colt, but like none of the none of this has anything to do with the competitive balance of baseball and softball for those West Coast teams. You know, like they're from a so from a competitive level, it's not getting any better for them. But football is driving the bus across right. sports. So that's just the way it is. Let me ask you guys this. You know, you mentioned the TV contract, and again, TV is behind, you know. All of this, when we talk about Notre Dame, you know, again, with this drive down the path, staying independent, uh, the TV contract, they've got this season and next season left on the TV contract. With everything, with, you know, with considering all of this, if you're Notre Dame, would you be pushing to get a TV deal done sooner than later? I'm going to go out and say no, primarily for the reason to that, I think it's fair to hang around and collect some of the data based on all of the changing um, and reshuffling of these teams and conferences and deals. Um, and I think Notre Dame can eventually use that data to kind of strong arm them into a favorable deal to get the most current kind of market price. I, I think the only thing that holds you back is if you're trying to rush a deal is you might not get, you know, as much money as you, as you, as you want, because you don't, it, you know, a new market might kind of be set, but then you run the risk of, you know, are you too late? And then you miss out on something. So it's, it's kind of that catch 22 of when do you, when, how long do you bluff for before you kind of decide exactly. that it's, it's time to, to ink the deal. And I think it's going to be a, a cat and mouse game of, like I said, seeing kind of how all this other stuff shakes out and then finding the right time to kind of attack and, and get that deal done. I feel like I'm Tony Reale. I should be like giving, you know, oh, everybody man, points for, that. you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Vince has got his bell. I got the bell. Good uh, point. Good point. Because it is. It's a big game of poker is essentially it is. what right. it is right now. And I think I think Notre Dame is dealing from a place of strength right now. I, I do. I think they're dealing with, from a place of strength, which is obviously going to benefit them. I think having Pete Bavacqua as the new athletic director at Notre Dame is going to also benefit Notre Dame because of his history in that arena, right? And so I think that, you know, finding the sweet spot is very important. There's no doubt. I agree with Jesse on that one wholeheartedly. I don't know that between now and then they would be like aced out of the market or anything like that, but you want to be able to find that sweet spot. I agree with that. I think there's always going to be a market for Notre Dame to get a, a long-term TV deal, but you also have to be smart. You don't want to be like the ACC did and have too long of a TV deal because you want to be able to renegotiate that thing. If the and landscape you all, yeah, changes. And you want to make, and, and the dollar amount is obviously very important. In all for this. sure. 
because you got to stay Notre Dame to stay competitive. You know, they've yep. got that reported dollar amount that they think, you know, the minimal amount that they need. And I guess my point in asking this question is with Oregon and Washington going to uh, the Big Ten, and now you've got all these other reportedly, you know, you know, both Arizona schools and, and Utah, it sounds like, like it sounds like all three are headed to the Big 12 now. Well, by doing that, those deals are going to have to be redone as well to make everybody happy and all this. Because like we said, Oregon and Washington are going to take less money in the short term, but eventually they're going to have to get more money. And NBC is a TV partner with the Big Ten. And, you know, obviously Fox, you know, like if there is if there is true open bidding going on for this TV contract with NBC and other networks involved, at some point they're going to have to start paying these other entities, these other conferences more money. So I guess, you know, that's that's my question. Like if Notre Dame has like if they've got the dollar amount that they're looking for right now, you know. Would you go ahead and sign on that? You know, as you said, you don't want to rush into things. Right. But at the same time, you want to make sure that, you know, when, when you're playing that, that, uh, you know, the Russian that duck, duck goose or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And like, you don't, you don't want to be the, the last one out, you know, with, with no seats left to sit in. When I feel like music stops. I've been watching a lot of lawyer shows lately and I feel like this is like a settlement conference. Uh-huh. So I feel like if, if a TV partner, comes to the table and like 70 million a year where do i sign like i don't think it's going to get a whole lot better than that and even if it does get better than that by a couple of million dollars it's not going to make that much of a difference i'm signing that contract because that's more because if you get 70 from the tv deal you get another 10 from the acc now you're up to 80 you kidding me you're great you are in great shape. I mean, if I had an offer of 70 right now and, and I'm Notre run. Dame, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm signing on the dotted line right yeah. now. Let's just what's get the, it over the, with. What's the floor number that you would sign with right now, not wait it out? 60? 80. Probably. To me, it's probably 60. Oh. Yeah. Jesse, 80? Like, you're holding out 80. for that much? You're not getting 80. It's not going to happen. holding out for 80. <laughs> well, then you're going to be holding something else because you're not going to be getting any money. See, this is why we'd get more as me as a negotiator. You got that well. <laughs> you got to also be realistic, dude. Notre Dame you're might not be joining up. They might be joining the big, you know, the Big Ten in a couple of years if you're the, the, the negotiator too. You just like I don't know. <laughs> Indie football nerd, interesting uh, scenario here. Notre Dame should make a dual conference deal between the ACC and the Big Twelve. Play five games against each and play FSU, TCU, and Clemson annually. Drop USC. Navy stays on. Notre Dame would schedule one non-conference opponent. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't know about five each. That's too many. Yeah, Three each maybe? And I don't want any annual opponent out of that. I want to rotate that sucker. You know what I mean? And now I would want to make it so that I had at least one big time or two big time opponents, you know, every year, that kind of a thing. Right. But no, I don't want to only have one non-conference opponent that I have to schedule. That's a that's a boring schedule year to year. What I would do is what you guys did. I would do three and three. And then if uh, and I would do it with the big big 10, actually, and the ACC. And then I think you could kind of get into uh, strategically setting up what markets you're hitting so you're hitting kind of 
some of the bigger markets all over the country every year. So you're again, you're really diversifying where you're going and you can hit, you know, like maybe you can hit the the, the middle of the Midwest, you can hit the West Coast, you can hit the East Coast, and then maybe you hit uh, a team down in Texas too. And, and those are the teams you kind of rotate between because then you're you're making sure that you're hitting all the markets and you're getting to kind of everyone's you know, front door, essentially it's you're, you're, you're controlling it. And I think that's the real advantage that these big conferences provide is that Notre Dame can kind of pick and choose. It's a bigger pool to, to pick and choose from almost. And again, allow you to, to kind of get across the country a little bit easier into more markets. So Josh Phillips says drop USC big no. And I know that Vince, you and Brian were talking about, you know, if, if USC decided they weren't going to play Notre Dame, you wouldn't mind. But I think Jesse, you know, hit on like it, I'm kind of I've kind of in the middle on that because what's, I would be upset if they dropped USC. I, I would be, but I could see it happening. One, I think, you know, from a like, are we going to have any rivalries? Left right. Exactly. If that happens. Right. I think that would be and, the biggest argument and, of not being in a conference at this stage is you might not have any true rivals. Right. And two, the the draw for Notre Dame in being able to stay independent. One of the draws is you know what you obviously get to set your schedule to a large extent, but it you're going to California every year. You know it's USC one year and it's Stanford the other year and you can go to all these different parts of the country well if you don't have usc i think it's still a priority to get out to california every year don't you so what are you going to do schedule san diego state now or you know i UCLA. guess you could well, still set something up with ucla i was gonna say i would like, go ucla first that would be the first team that i would attempt to go right. to for sure right yeah but i mean i guess how big of a priority is it going to be for use, you know, UCLA? And you know, again, sure. Notre Dame is a draw. So like Notre Dame UCLA's had a hard time USB. filling the Rose Bowl. Notre Dame gives you right. UCLA That's a lot true. better chance of filling the Rose Bowl every other year if it no happens. So. Notre Dame's not dropping USC. USC may try to drop Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's not dropping USC. But that's my point, is yeah. is if you know, like if USC did come, you know, like if if it did come to that, I, I think that you know you're going to have to you're going to have to find some kind of a replacement. And Agreed. I, I, I oh, don't absolutely. think you would have a really hard time finding that, but you just don't know what everyone else's priorities are, especially since you don't even like if you're a, a Big Ten school, you don't even know what your how many conference games a year you're going to have to play, and how much sure. more complicated it becomes to play Notre Dame or any other school, you know even somewhat regularly in a non-conference situation because you could end up having to play 10 conference games a year. Right. I, I just, I don't feel like keeping Stanford on the schedule is a priority because how many, how many kids are they getting out of Northern California? Right. Not many. Well, and that's why, you know, we talked about it earlier this summer. I said with UCLA and USC both going to the big 10, I would be in favor of trying to swap out Stanford for UCLA. Yeah, 100%. So then you're going to LA every year yes, as absolutely. opposed to LA one year and Palo Alto the next year. You could you could be in LA every year just, you know, different parts of town. You're in Pasadena one year and and you're down, you know, in Watts the next. Right. <laughs> I guess. So Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
And I, I have no problem getting out there, but I also want to get to Texas and I want to get to Florida and, you know, and I want to get to a lot yes. of those recruiting pipelines. I want to get to Arizona. If I'm being honest, that's a, that's a right. booming area for recruiting. Like right. there's certain areas, areas I want to get to that get to play football annually. Right. And <laughs> those are all the places you just talked about, Vince, Arizona, yeah. Colorado, yeah. or sorry, so, California. Coffees for Closer says, maybe I'm triggered as I want a big, Big Ten, I guess is what he's saying. Why can't Notre Dame use the ACC model for the Big Ten and maintain independence for football only? It's because the Big Ten will never go for that. Not a chance in heck. No. The Big Ten is as many flirtations as there have been between Notre Dame and the Big Ten. The Big Ten's not going to go for a partial deal. They're going to tell Notre Dame either you're in or you're out. We're not going for this partial stuff. That's, That's why that's not going to happen. So, yeah, and even, I even don't if want Notre Dame to join that. the Big Ten. Like, if if it's a last resort, right. it's like okay, we can live with that big, you know, payout because it's been reported. It's been like over a year since this was reported that Notre Dame is the only program in the country where you know when the Big Ten did this deal last year with you know the big TV contract. Notre Dame is the only team in the country. The Big Ten has a Notre Dame clause in that contract where Notre Dame can come in and then the money goes up to here, basically. And Notre Dame is going to be guaranteed. You know, like mm-hmm. Notre Dame has not signed off on this. This is the Big Ten's right. contract with the TV network. This is like but- the, uh, the, 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 this is like when the, the coach goes to coaching and he puts in his contract his two dream schools that right. he would want to go to. Right. You know, or a player has a no trade clause yeah, or right. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's the Big Ten's dream. To get Notre Dame. It's not Notre Dame's dream to be a part of the Big Ten. Right. Right. And there's, you know, again, the Big Ten is never going to go for a partial deal with Notre no. Dame. It's going to be no. an all or nothing deal. John said, well, John didn't say anything. Thank you for the super chat, John. He, but just, then he, he just did follow it up. Pretty face and gave $5. So you're <laughs> That's welcome, exactly everyone. it. Then he said, new to the channel, do Notre Dame fans in general want to see the Irish join no. the Big Ten? That would be a result. Some do. Majority do not. Yeah, but like he says, in general, I assume yeah. that that means the majority of yep. Notre Dame fans. It is no. I would say, what do you think the percentage would be if you polled Notre Dame fans? Do you think you'd be lucky to get twenty percent say yes they want the Big Ten? No, or do you I think, think it would be more than that. I, uh, I'd say every one in ten. I, one in ten. Yep. Yeah, that, I think that's accurate. I do because. You're not just talking about Notre Dame fans around here, right? You're talking about Notre fans, Notre Dame fans everywhere. I think that number would be pretty small. Yeah, the I do. only like David says, Big Big Ten would make Notre Dame regional, even with the Big Ten being on the West Coast, it would still make Notre Dame right. Why regional. would you want to but do that, that? But that is like that is the only that is the only attractiveness, you know, other than the money. Like right now, because of the fact that like if you were guaranteed that you were going to still play USC every year and then you were alternating between the other you know whatever schools would end up in the big 10 like that would be the only thing that kind of keeps you out you know it's a little different now with usc and ucla being in the big 10 is what yeah, i'm saying apparently washington and oregon well yeah that too <laughs> so you would still get out to the west coast you're right oh i don't it's i can't just... believe that this topic continues to come up <laughs> Over and over and over again, but it has to because I know it you know, does. I know it does. It yeah. is it's completely and one hundred percent relevant. It's just amazing how many times we've had this conversation. Yes, I just wanted to get this one in here from Christopher because he was the first one in the chat tonight 
while everybody else was watching Wicked Bronco Productions throw in super chat after super chat on the other show tonight. Christopher, if you're still here, thanks for being the first one here. He says, here we go again. Everyone will be watching what we're going to do. I'm stealing this from Captain Khaki. Who has it better than us? Yeah. Go Irish. I love that. Captain Khaki. I love that. Maybe that should be Jesse's nickname. Captain wow. Khaki. Apparently we're all getting nicknames these days. I didn't realize Ryan was Squirrel. I'm now VD21, thanks to our conversation the other day. And I think you guys all need nicknames at this point. If I'm going to be saddled with one that I apparently gave myself. James says Colin Cowherd's argument for Big Ten supremacy is that it's a national conference compared to SEC, which is regional. My argument against that is Colin Cowherd is a regional show uh, because he left the national brand. And he is he is barking into a, a chamber that very few actually hear these days but that doesn't make just because you cover more but, ground doesn't mean you're a better conference okay right. let's be real clear on that that's ridiculous like the sec like you're right the sec is in a more condensed amount of you know like you said even t you know the texas schools at least geographically make sense when you're talking about Right. The SEC. But Texas is also one of the most talent rich football states in the country. So that it helps out quite a bit. Now, Southern California, still very talent rich as well, which is why USC thought that they were getting away from Oregon, you know, when it came to recruiting and stuff like that when they were joining the Big Ten. But it hasn't worked out that way because Oregon's just following them to the middle. Yep. You took Shy Towns off there. Oh, sorry. The voice, the dean, and the prof. <laughs> I like that. That sounds like a sitcom. Let's go. It's not bad. Bow, 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 bow. Right. Generally, this is a sitcom, so that works. Agreed, Josh. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> we know you agree with that. Yes, that's been your stance for decades. You will not find me disagreeing with that. On to another Notre Dame topic. We got the uh, Under Armour announcement. Of uh, the Notre Dame deal, it became official today, 10-year renewal. So the week started with green jerseys. Then we got NBC's announcement of Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett renewed to do Notre Dame games on NBC. And now the uh, official Under Armour renewal. Which are you guys most okay with? Which? Not so much. I am most okay with the green jerseys. I think that those looked pretty sharp, turned out pretty nice. If you want to argue that, go argue with someone else. Um, <laughs> I'm most disappointed with the apparel deal. I think Under Armour is lame. I think that if you ask every, child. if you ask every athlete, that uh, Under Armour would not be their first preference. Um, and to me, the announcers, you know, Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett, are what they are. Hopefully, Jack Collinsworth is better. I didn't necessarily mind Jason Garrett because I uh, respected and enjoyed his insight and overall knowledge of the game. It's different of, you know, my hatred for him as a coach, but as as a guy that is doing the game on TV, I really don't I don't mind him because again, I, I like his ability to kind of give you a deeper insight into into the layers of, of football, really. So is Henry agreeing or disagreeing? I think he's disagreeing. I think he's disagreeing. <laughs> he's getting fired up. He's disagreeing. 
The, the, look, the, I'm I'm actually the most okay with the apparel deal because number one, I'm glad that it's out of the way. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Number two, I think it's just fine. I have no problem with it whatsoever because the apparel deal has zero to do with me. And so me personally, I'm cool with it. It's totally fine by me. I'm probably next most cool with the green jerseys. Love them. I think they're great. I have no problem with them whatsoever. See, it's I, crazy. You're about to say Jason Garrett and Jack Collinsworth, but you guys <laughs> go to all the home games, so you don't even have to listen to Exa- them. And absolutely yeah. correct. But I don't have to be the most okay with it. I'm still not okay with it. Yeah, I'm not okay with how NBC treats Notre say, Dame. It, I'm it, not okay with the fact that they get the bottom feeders. That's the problem. folk that sit and watch every game, home game on the television, we're the ones actually going through it. If it was a bigger priority, it. though, Notre Dame would change it, and it's not a bigger exactly. And that's my problem with it. It's not even necessarily those guys in, in particular, because again, I don't really even mind Jason Garrett. I, I just don't think he's being propped up properly by not play, by play guy that he's with. Two rookie that's, announcers together right. last it's, year. It's a disaster. I said it's a before, disaster. I think if I think if he were, would have been with Tariko last year, it could have been a different story. I had. Uh, Brian Curtis from the ringer on, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I brought that up and he was like, well, Tarico couldn't do much for uh, Drew Brees when they did that playoff game <laughs> together. But uh-huh. it's, it's, it's funny because I mean, Brees was not great in his season doing Notre Dame football, but at the same time, he wasn't nearly as bad as he was when that NFL playoff game, you know, I think it's like the spotlight obviously gets a lot bigger when you go from three or four million watching to twenty to twenty-five million watching an NFL playoff game. Yeah, you know? sure. and, and he found a way to just stick his foot right in his mouth. I just there are so many one more qualified and better play-by-play announcers. And it 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 just it makes me sad to see, you know. To, 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 to see that level of play-by-play guy in the booth. Because, like, I was not like, you know, like, yay, Tom Hammond. He's the greatest. But, like, when you think back on it, like, it Tom Hammond was good. Like, was good. most people didn't complain about him because right. he was good enough. And I actually, right. Dan Levitard was talking on his show. I didn't hear the show, but I just saw something about this today. I read a whole, you know, somebody wrote up a whole article about it. Levitard basically said that he doesn't care who's calling the game as long as they're not awful. And well, I, I think a lot that. of people would generally agree, you know, because it's you're not tuning into Notre Dame football to hear That's the fair. announcers. You're tuning in to watch Notre Dame football. But it becomes a heck of a lot more annoying if you're a Notre Dame fan and you're tuning in every week and the, and, and the quality is relatively low. And right. that's what exactly. they're getting. And, and again, it also becomes like, more enjoyable. When like you if you, people. yeah, if you ranked every booth that NBC is going to have college calling college football games and other college football games, the Notre Dame booth would rank dead last. And it's that's not just, close. It's not close. It's and just they, unfortunate that Notre Dame gets Jack Collinsworth in his early kind of training wheels days. I think Jack Collinsworth is going to be good, but Notre Dame shouldn't have. To, I agree that Notre Dame shouldn't have to be yes. stuck with the guy who's training. They've established themselves. And if you're going to sign this really big contract with NBC, then you need to have someone who can carry the thump of what you're, you're net profiting in this whole situation. So I'll agree on that end. I And that's a great point because they're, yeah. you know, all these other guys have cut their teeth and paid their dues calling games in other places and built their play. But it's how everybody is, right? You know, nobody let, comes right out of school and, and let Jack Collinsworth, you guys, 
Let Jack Collinsworth and, and Jason Garrett call the the Maryland Rutgers game or something like that. You you right. now have the Big Ten under your umbrella at NBC. You know what? They didn't have it last year, so we got crap. Now you've got all kinds of other things at your disposal. Admit that you got it wrong, man. Like, admit that you got it wrong and put those guys on, like, the the fifth (laughs) Big Ten game of the weekend, okay? The other thing you can do, you literally have somebody that's under an NBC contract in the same stadium. Why can't Paul Burmeister be the TV guy? Right. I don't understand that He's going to be doing games on NBC this year, which means he's not going to be on Notre Dame radio, which means, you know, if – there are going to be games where someone's going to be filling in on Notre Dame radio when Paul Burmeister, unless he's unless he's doing it, you know, like just during the bye weeks since Notre sure. Dame has two bye weeks this season. But I completely agree. I, I think Burmeister would have been a great way to go. And I know, you know, not everyone's a, a Golic fan and everybody wants to say Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn's got a contract. He's doing really well at Fox. I would put Mike Golick in there, and I think that that would be a perfect booth. So. Do you guys uh, – final question I have regarding – It's not that topic. I don't like Ryan Harris, but he cheers a little bit much for – He's a little know, too homerish for me. For what would be a TV guy. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Do you guys, when you go back and watch the games the next day, do you guys even turn on Jason Garrett and Jack Collinsworth for that? I have the level I relatively low. low. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> I listen to it. I do. Okay. Yeah. All right, I do. that's all I got. David yeah. David agrees with Jesse and I on this. As a Cowboys fan, I'm just <laughs> glad Garrett isn't clapping on the sideline and beginning every press conference with, hey, fellas, I'm willing to listen to him announce. Excellent. I don't, he's not a terrible announcer. He's just – he's not set up for success. That's right. my biggest issue. And like Brian Curtis was saying, like, you know, he's like a lot average. of – He's very coach speak to yeah. me. Like, he, he needs – he, his little personality, like, you know, like, like listening down. to him, literally is not yeah. that different than listening to Bob Davy. You know, like if you, oh. I know, I realize yeah. it's been a while since Bob Davy has been around, but if you listen to, let's like very coach speak type stuff, and that's why I think that very few coaches are actually like really good in that booth. I think players make better. Yeah. Not every player and not sure. every coach, obviously. They're like Madden is obviously an exception to that. But I think in general, players with bigger personalities sure. do better in the booth. Sure. Jason Garrett is a mid. <laughs> with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Under Armour part of this thing, Stymie, I-, I love this, as an old white <laughs> that's required to wear a 
collared shirt to work. I love the Under Armour extension. He must be a Pat McAfee listener because I know that that is a Pat McAfee thing. Is it? Old whites. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I have to wear a collared shirt to school, so I'm okay with it too. I, I have yeah. no problem with their polo. I don't mind the Under I have said before. I don't either. I, I like the Under Armour gear. I wear a lot of Under Armour. I, I actually like some of the baseball stuff issue. that they've put out, like, you yeah. know, the Under Armour baseball stuff that they put out. Um, I I really have no problem with it. I understand the shoes are a problem, and I hope that they're going to address that. I get that 100%. But the rest of the stuff, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. Yeah. Anthony says Come Jesse's on. nickname should be Fuzzy Math. Mm-hmm. Fuzzy logic. <laughs> Johnny, off topic, Notre Dame is releasing alternate uniforms for the Navy game. Navy be wearing alternates as well. Kind of expected they would, but we haven't seen that announcement. I haven't heard yet. anything along those lines. Who's breaking this story? I don't know. Vince's but eyeballs have, are fuzzy. I have heard it could be coming, but. I mean, but the only place I've heard it is like in the everything chat. else. It's the only place I've ever heard it. Yeah. And I just checked Navy's Twitter. They haven't put out new uniforms. So I'm like, you know, and the other thing, like Under Armour tweeted this video about the renewal with Notre yeah, Dame, but there's still video, no, there's the no press release. We still Nothing. know no details about, you know, any of this stuff. Notre Dame has not released anything yet. So I don't know. I do like the green uniforms that they're going with. Yeah, I'm cool. With it. I, I'll say this as well on the TV stuff. I am surprised with all the technology, smart TVs and all this stuff that we don't have the option now through your TV just to be able to whatever team I'm watching, find their radio play by play and like click that. You still get to see, you know, like the TV ads and all that stuff, which is to them what's most important anyway. But I agree. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. On the announcer topic. Do you guys have a favorite current college football play-by-play announcer and favorite analyst? I like Sean McDonough. Really? I'm putting that out there right now. I think that's a, a kind of a wild card. I like me some Sean McDonough. I think he's I think he's underrated. I think actually. he's very solid. Um, and I yeah, yeah, I think he he never gives you a bad broadcast. I think he's actually really I agree. good and, and and under under underappreciated a little bit. Yep. I think what, you know, what got him into some trouble when he was doing Monday night football is like, he can be a He's little, a little over, too boring at sometimes. Well, he can be, I was going to say he can be over opinionated as a, yeah. as a, as a play-by-play guy, not the analyst. I think everyone, well, I won't say everyone like every, how about you, Vince? Who's your favorite? I like the Fox guys. I think they do a good job. I, you know, Clat and uh, what's his name? I Gus. got, yeah, Gus Johnson. I think I also I think, like uh, Nestler. Okay. Yeah, I I will say that I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the announcers, to to be honest with you. It doesn't really do a whole so lot. You for really me. subscribe to the Levitard thing, as long as they're not horrible. Yeah, that it, really I really do. Much. I honestly do, because I'm watching the actual game more than anything. But I will say good announcers make the game better. They do. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Yep. Tessator. I think Orlovsky, I see people saying Orlovsky. I still think Orlovsky is a little bit like when he's doing games specifically, like I, like, like he's, he could, he's, he's, he's Tony Romo light. Like, I'll just get to the point and say it. Like he's, he's got some Tony Romo in him, you know, just in, you know, like 
They're both quarterbacks, obviously. Both have really good knowledge of the game and all that stuff and have some, you know, personality. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of share – like he can share even more opinions, I think, than than Romo can sometimes. Some of Orlovsky's takes are a little interesting. but That's other, true. But, but you know what? That's but I think, he could, I think he should be in a higher-profile booth than sure. what he's in, really. You're, like you're never going to bat a 1,000. You're never going to bat a 1,000 with your takes right. as a color commentator. So, I mean, I can't really knock him for that because I've disagreed with him a few times. But I think right. he stands by his knowledge, and he at least has something to back it up, which you can't really say about a lot of these guys. Yeah. I'm just not – like for college football, with the Fowler-Herb Street booth, I, I, I don't have the problem with Herb Street that a lot of people I don't either, have. really. Um, but I'm just guys. not sold on Fowler as the lead play-by-play announcer in college. I mean, that, that's Fowler, the most high-profile booth there is. And I'm, yeah. I'm not sold on Fowler as the, the Fowler best Fowler is a guy. very opinionated guy. That's true, too. He can very. learn a lot. Of, see, like, but like I think, like Jesse brought up McDonough. And, like, I, you know, McDonough still works for, you know, ESPN Disney. And, like, when the playoff comes around, he's – you know, the number two guy for the semifinals, I think McDonough is more suited to be the lead play-by-play guy, you know, for the number one booth than, than Fowler. Yeah. Fowler's way too opinionated to be a play-by-play guy, in my opinion. I yeah. he just has too many hot takes and too many opinionated takes during those games. That, that's what bothers me the most, I think. Yep. Davis. Jason Sandys, he likes Davis. Is that Joe Davis? Reese Davis. Reese Davis. Was, does he even like, do play by play? Well, no, he, but he he took over for him as the the main as the, guy, the game on, day on guy. Game day. I yeah. think that's probably what he's referring to. Yeah. What about all time favorite? Do you guys have my mine? Would be Keith Jackson, and I actually like Dan Fouts when he was when he was the analyst. I think Fouts is Dan Fouts was one of the better college football analysts, but Keith Jackson and then Musburger after him, it just was like. This is a big college football game. Like yeah. when those guys were doing, oh, yeah. this is Absolutely. a big. This is a big college football game. I went. Uh, I went with Musburger just because yeah. that's more of my time, and he does all. He did all the college football games, video games. So like the, he was the voice of ah, all of you. those as well. So that was kind of a little bit more iconic as well. Yeah. I would say Tony Roberts, but he was a radio guy. He's not a TV guy, so that doesn't work with the with this conversation. Yeah. Vern Lundquist is what Anthony was saying. Howard Cosell. Now, did he even do college? Michael's going back a little did bit. Did a lot of NFL. Monday Night Football. Yeah. Oops. He was Monday Night Football, even like did some Major League Baseball stuff. He was like doing the World Series for yep. a little bit. But Ron Franklin, that's a good one. Ron Franklin was good in the early 90s, kind of like when I was, you know, really getting into ESPN and all that stuff. Ron Franklin was a good play by play guy as well. Let me ask you this. SI did a list recently of the top most influential TV broadcasters. I want to go sport by sport. The most influential current TV broadcaster in each sport. I want to start with college football. Some of these are tough, I think. Yeah, they are. College football. Who's the most influential? I'm not saying best, the guy you like the best. Who's the most influential current college football TV broadcaster? Okay. Kirk Herb, Kirk Herbstreet for college football. Okay. So I think a lot of people listen to his they he's a lover you hate him guy, right? But right. I think but I think he gets a lot of airtime, man. 
He's always on when they're doing the 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 CFP, you know, reveals, and they go straight to him for his opinion. Like, I think he's pretty influential. Yeah, if we're talking right now, um, I'm going with Vince Stolett. I'm going with Kirk just because he's he's used everywhere. Anything that has to do with college football, um, it you know, Kirk is there. But if, if someone for me kind of paved the way for Kirk, it would be, uh, in my opinion, like someone like Vern, Vern Lundquist. See, I was going like I, I don't know. Play-by-play announcer can fit in there, right? I think it's analyst. To me, it's to me, it's either Herb Street or Feinbaum because, like Feinbaum, mm. you know, again, he's on SEC Network sure. every day. He's showing up on ESPN all the time, and he's obviously very opinionated. And he's, you know, he's going to be polarizing. Herb Street has the biggest platforms though, because he is on game, you know, Feinbaum shows up on game day as well, but Herb Street is doing game day and he's doing the biggest college, you know, he's doing the national college football game of the week. Corso, I just don't think so, Sean, because not currently he's Corso is just hang it up. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, we all Kirk Herb Street's the most influential because he literally props up uh Corso every day like literally I yeah. think he holds him up see and again David like David says he hates Feinbaum and you can hate him but, but that makes him influential but that but that that carries credence to what I'm saying like yep. if you hate him that much then it's because of the influence that he has and because you know whatever he said whatever he says is probably going to be polarizing and there's influence in that I would give Herb Street the slight nod on this though so I think we're all unanimous on that. It's interesting. NFL, I had a harder time with it. Like foot, college football was actually the easiest. <laughs> NFL, I think, is tough because like 50 years ago in the 70s and into the 80s, it was probably Howard Cosell. Sure. And then when Cosell was gone, it was John Madden okay. for a long time. Yep, agreed. I don't know that there is one definitive person, though, in the NFL today. What do you guys think? I mean – when I think about it, I guess I go with like John Madden, but he's, he's not, not he's, he's dead, dead, Jesse. So like, that doesn't work today, like active today. It can't, we're not talking Current. about all time. We're talking Current. about who is the the most, who is currently on TV that, that carries the influence. Al Michaels is who I would say. Yeah, I'd go with okay. Al Michaels as well. See, again, I didn't think of that because of. Like the fact that he is a play-by-play guy, and you really only see him. I think you can argue that his influence is waning because he's only on the Amazon. He's on Amazon, game sure. And he's, you know, he's not on ESPN or any of you know. The, like, Jewel oh. says, Dungy. Like, do people really? He's only like, on. NBC is what Tony at night. Dungy says like carry that much weight? Yeah. You know, to me, it comes down to Aikman and Romo because they're. Like the two, Top two guys. most highest profile, like none of the guys in the studio, I think, carry that kind of weight. You know, like whether it's Bradshaw or Jimmy Johnson or, you know, Cower, any of those. Like, I think I think it, it's like Aikman or Romo. And you might even make a case for Adam Schefter just because he's on ESPN and he's like the mm, big reporter, you know, yeah. with all the breaking news all the time. Mr. Big Tie Knot cell yeah. phone. Shytown says Joe Buck. I mean, I think that there's a case for him as well because, again, like, you know, he's Monday Night Football elevated that. 
So who did you even say, Jesse? Who did you go with? I ended up going with Al Michaels. You went with Michaels? Vince, do you agree with Al Michaels? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go with Aikman because I think Aikman tends to be the most opinionated. Like him and – like Collinsworth has kind of toned it down a little bit in recent years. Like Aikman is the guy – I think he's the most polarizing right now of all the TV guys. I just like listening no to disagreement. Aikman. I just like listening to I him do too. call I games. Do too. So yeah. I don't know if that makes him influential to me, but I enjoy listening. I like the team of Joe Buck and, and Aikman. Same. It's like, very yeah. enjoyable, but a lot of people don't like it. Me too. Well, you're not going to like my answer to the next one then. Same. So give me – start us off. Major League Baseball. Joe Buck. Joe Buck. I'm a big Joe Buck fan, and I I but know people don't like problem. that. Here's but. the problem with that. He hasn't done baseball for more than a year now. He's only doing Monday night football. Well, <laughs> I loved him when he did the World Series. So what right. can I say? <laughs> you know, again, like I think baseball has kind of devalued itself over time because there used to be a lot of different voices when ESPN still had, you know, baseball tonight. True. MLB Network has its own network, and they've got shows all the time, but they don't really want any of their personalities, you know, kind of going out on a limb that much. You know, like they fired um, Ken Rosenthal because he was too critical of baseball, you know, so he moved on. Um, Tim McCarver was probably the guy for a while. Uh, John Smoltz is not handled that mantle you know like you've got a rod on tv i just Ugh, i don't think horrible. that anybody cares what he has to say though. and again stymie mel allen's been dead for a while we're talking about guys <laughs> who are currently on tv right now a rod <laughs> is terrible like i can't even i know a lot of times i can't even follow what the heck he's even saying i i'm sorry he's he is he's fingernails on a chalkboard to me yeah so i don't know like it can't be Joe Buck though, because he's not he's not calling baseball. I don't even know who I would pick. I know that's my point. Like Buster Olney, Tim Kirkchen, you know David Ortiz. Yeah, Tim Kirkchen's a good one. Buster Olney's is a good guys? one. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Jesse is texting me. What What do you need to do, Jesse? Do you need to get going. Got to get going. <laughs> can't miss that big old Guardians game. It's I know. It I know. Is. All right, let's wrap it up with this then. We went sport by sport. Who do you think is the most influential on TV right now? <laughs> Non-sport specific announcer. You know, shows like whether it's PTI or First Take or talk shows. or I have mine whatever. ready. So right. I'll leave the charge on this one. Hit it. I, uh, I, I went with Michael Wilbon. Mm, Wilbon. Okay. You know, we didn't do NBA. Can we all just agree to Charles Barkley on that one? Sure, like, has to be. I haven't watched an put NBA a lot of game thought into this, as you can tell, years. as usual. It's it's uh, it's uh, I, I like Mike Wilbon because of what he's done with the PTI, the Daily Talk Show, and then his still influence on basketball. Um, and just he he has he has a multiple kind of um platforms across different kind of stages. You know, like he's he's got his hands in a little bit of kind of everything in terms of you know his presence. Okay. I don't watch the NBA. I literally can't even tell you. I it's just nothing. I got nothing in the NBA. Sorry. I'll agree with Barkley. Well, we're not doing NBA now. We're doing the whole thing. Doing, yeah, well, you do about NBA. Mine's mine's Mike Tarico. 
because I think he's got he's got a voice out there. He does the a Olympics. lot of things. Olympics bingo. That's what I was just gonna say. Took the words right out of my mouth. He's Vince he's, wins because of that. The, the Olympics trump a lot. He's I, haven't, he I haven't given mine yet though. Yeah, but I who says I, I'm already <laughs> he's already given me the mantle on it. My People seal of approval. Jim Nance, Dick Vitale. I mean, NBA Costas Walt would be up there, but I don't think he does enough anymore. Like yeah, nobody cares he, about for the, the Hostess is an old white. It's, uh, Doc Emmerich. Costas <laughs> is an old white. <laughs> I love Bob Costas when he was, but I don't think he does anything anymore. I I haven't seen the correct answer, so I'll just give it to you. It's Pat McAfee. <laughs> he just got millions of dollars for leaving a show that he built from the ground up and was generating millions of dollars. And uh, is going to be on ESPN, I think, starting this month. I've got to go with McAfee as right now the most influential TV guy, you know, guy on on TV. I think it's got to be him right now. If you're using the word influential, then you're probably correct. Because of all of the guys that we mentioned, he's the most active on social media. So he gets his opinion out there, and so he influences a lot of people. As soon as the season starts and he's got Aaron Rodgers on, like every Aaron Rodgers soundbite you've heard before, you know, this week when he he did – or last week when he did the NFL Network interview, every Aaron Rodgers soundbite was coming from the Pat McAfee show. You're right. Jewel said Joe Rogan. We're talking about sports. we're talking about sports. (laughs) That doesn't really work. UFC is a sport. Okay, if you say so. Okay. <laughs> why is why is Derek so field hockey? But we're not going to talk about Minnow. that. Either. That's what that's what I want to know. Why is your nickname now SS Minnow? Who me? Isn't that from Gilligan Island or something? That is from Gilligan's yeah. Island. Are you sure he's talking about me? Jason yeah. says Mike Greenberg, and it, what I would say to that is there's a difference between someone, you know, just towing the line and finding themselves on all these different programs, and someone who actually carries influence because greenberg is on all these shows yeah but does anyone care what greenberg has to say i haven't since he got off the radio probably care you know like i just yeah since mike and mike is over Uh i just sorry what's that jess it was in (laughs) reference to you see i told you called you ss minnow man sean styers derek (laughs) you hard come on man i thought we had something And then Tommy Guns, you know, apparently Sean ignored it the first time, saying someone else was in here first. Well, Christopher had the first comment in the chat. That's all I know. Whether other people were actually sitting in the chat, Christopher, that's going back to the Christopher comment from earlier. So uh, I just called, got called Little D. So there you go. <laughs> He's VD21. That's right. Where did the 21 come from? Was that your number? That was my football number. Yep. So you knew I was a real good wide receiver. <laughs> Me and Calvin Johnson. Calvin was 81. Come on. Uh, 21 in college, big boy. <laughs> Tommy, I'm sorry, but when I when I came in today, when I entered, you know, our back end, there was one comment sitting in the queue, and it was from Christopher. So I don't know if you have like a self mute. Tommy's <laughs> saying, "Prove it." We know you're here most of the time. Prove it. Prove like, it. Jesse, do you want to in in 15 seconds or less? Do you want to address Tommy's Noah Syndergaard question real quick? <laughs> since he's been asking it for two weeks, yeah, you failed to ask it. 
Yeah, uh, maybe this I will, will make, end this. Maybe this will make Tommy happy. I will end this this fr- the last Friday rapid fire with a response. Noah Syndergaard has been out of his prime for like five or six years. The Guardians have a lot of pitchers on the IL right now, and they decided to trade away their best remaining pitcher that's not hurt. Um, so I really don't understand the whole Syndergaard thing. Um, they trade away to Ahmed Rosario, who was on a one-year deal. So that makes sense, right? They, they probably weren't going to re-sign him. But that was it was a straight trade. Syndergaard for Rosario. I just it's, It doesn't move the needle for me. Syndergaard's been an average pitcher for a really long time now. There you go. All right. We got a little baseball in at the very end. Jesse's got to go to the guards game. Thank you, Jesse. Don't forget, this is the final Friday show. We won't be here next week. So like I saw... Uh, Derek saying, oh, I forgot the Friday show is at five. No more Friday show after this until basically the end of the season. That's right, yep. because no more countdown Friday night to kickoff shows. is going to be firing up here <laughs> in a couple of weeks. So I'm getting out of here. Appreciate everybody being here. Hit the like button on your way out. Have a great weekend. We've got a practice viewing tomorrow. We've got a practice viewing Monday, yeah, we so we'll we have do. plenty to talk about when we talk to you Monday. Vince, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow morning. All right. Let's do it. Sounds good. Hit the like button and, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And again, have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you Monday on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.